Let's have a crocheted conversation. Welcome to another episode of Books and Skins Podcast. Today's episode is a get to know me crocheted edition. So um I compiled a list a couple of questions, a couple of fun questions that are crochet related, and I'm gonna be answering them on this episode. When I was searching online for fun questions that are related to crochet. I couldn't find anything substantial, but I did find questions to help you um, test your crochet knowledge, test if you're a beginner or if you're an intermediate or advanced level crocheter, while looking for fun questions specifically. So um, I have 13 questions of which I'm going to answer in this episode. So the first question is, when did you start crocheting or when did you learn how to crochet? So I started crocheting in, or I learned how to crochet in secondary school, in my GSS2 to be precise. Um, at that time, it was very popular. Almost every girl knew how to. I think the person who started the trend, I mean, I think the person who taught almost all of us was Favor. So a big ups to Favor wherever she is. Now, the thing is that at the time I learned, I didn't know that I was crocheting. We all didn't know that it was crochet. We used to call it knitting. And we didn't know the specific techniques or um, the names of the stitches or anything. We just knew that uh, you will wrap the wool around the spoke. We used to call it a steel hook. We were using a steel hook, but we used to call it spoke at that time. And we just wrap the wool around the spoke two times, draw it one time, draw it the second time. Hey. I mean, at that time, what we were doing was a double crochet. But we did, we had no idea, or at least I personally had no idea that that was what I was doing. Um, not until I left school, not until two years, um, until after I left school, when I picked up my crocheting again, did I know that there was, a, this thing had a specific technique or that it was even crocheting at all. So the second question how long have you been crocheting for okay so um this is a dicey question because i've had the knowledge to crochet for seven years now okay i said i learned in my jazz so that's a pretty long time um it's been seven years i've known how to crochet but i can only say that i was a practicing crocheter or i knew what crocheting was not until three years um when i left secondary school and even when i left secondary school i wasn't immediately intrigued by it i picked up the craft later where i had to start watching youtube channels to refine the knowledge i already had um and i had to start reading books also i also had to start talking with other crocheters so that i could know the techniques per se that i had not originally learned at that time or the ones that i had learned but i didn't know that they would be useful to me so how long have i been crocheting i would say three years but how long have i known to crochet seven years okay so uh, the third question is what's your favorite stitch my favorite stitch has to be a half double crochet Okay, so a half double crochet is enough for you to see progress on what you're doing and it's also enough to give you this compact and clean finish. Something that a double crochet does, a double crochet is the most popular um, crochet stitch 
but I feel like sometimes it's too um, open, too spacious. It doesn't give your work this kind of compact look as opposed to um, how a half double would do it or how a single crochet would do it. A single crochet gives your work a very neat, pristine, you know, very intricate look, but you will labor. It takes a very, very long time. What I mean labor, you will labor. It takes a very long time for a pattern to come together and for it to start seeing results on that pattern if you are using a single crochet. So, I mean, a half double crochet is in between, so it keeps everything balanced. Mm. And the next question, what's your favorite thing to crochet? My favorite thing to crochet has to be a granny square. You can never ever go wrong with a granny square. You can use a granny square to um, make a dress, to make a cardigan, to make a skirt. I mean, a tote bag. There's a list of things. A pillow, a blanket. Just use it for a simple decoration or anything. Granny squares are things that are easy to do. Also, it has this, there's always this mixture and burst of colors in granny squares. Um, how almost every color looks acceptable once you put it together in a granny square. Of course, you have to use complementary colors so that it would pop. But granny square, I feel, is one crochet project that does not discriminate. You can use any color. As far as you know um, the particular stitches there and, and depending on how um, big you want the petals to be or that kind of thing. Granny squares are just good. They're like my favorite thing to crochet. Um, the next question. Oh, I like this question. Things or rules you find hard to follow. I find hard to follow. Swatching. Now, <laughs> okay, so swatching... Um, a definition of swatching swatching is a concept where you want if you want your finished pattern to look exactly like how the pattern notes or how the project looks like in pictures you have to do a kind of mock-up let me put it that way and um, preferably you have to crochet a four by four square um, using the same stitches that is used in the pattern and ensuring that your gauge or your swatch is the same with the recommended gauge of the pattern designer so um most most times even when you gauge you find that even when you make a swatch you find that it's not still the same size maybe because you're using a different hook size and a different yarn and of course the way people um handle their crochet hooks varies and that can also affect um your gauge so hence why the pattern designer always always gives a recommended um gauge which you have to swatch you have to do a swatch to know now me per personally i do not if i'm making a project for myself i do not swatch i'm like okay um I'm just gonna start doing it. I want to get to the crux of the matter. If I do it and it's not working out, the highest thing I can do is to frog it. Okay, I don't want to know if it's going to turn out. If it doesn't turn out well, I'm just going to frog it all out. If I am doing something for um someone else that's not for me, I of course will do a swatch. Now, doing a swatch applies for anything, even if you're doing an intricate design and you I've not exactly gotten the hold of it and you maybe you want to do color changes and all of that swatching is the professional thing to do 
I mean, if you have not done a particular stitch before, it's advised that you swatch it, you get acquainted with how the stitch looks in rows or in rounds, depending on the kind of project that you're doing. But that is something for that I do not do if I am working on my personal project. But if I'm working for others, I do a swatch because you want to make your finished product look look as perfect as possible. Um, another rule or technique: mm, foundation chains. Oh, please, please hear me out. <laughs> foundation chains can be really, really frustrating, um, especially when um you need to do it for a large size especially when it comes to sizing if you need to do for large or extra large or 2xl sometimes you need to chain as long a chain as long as 256 or 300 and something i mean that is something that is too it's too far too long it's so long why would somebody want to chain that amount of um, crochet stitches because you want to start a crochet project i mean you could have easily moved on to another thing that's another, that's how it rubs off to me and my first instinct when i see those patterns is not to do it or to work it in front and back panels and except a project specifically says that you should work in front and back panels or except that's what you want to do it's not really advisable to alter a project like that because there's a reason why um you have to do the, those number of chains now the problem within that number of chains is that sometimes it gets twisted and it's the getting twisted that pisses me off so i mostly i most likely do not want to do projects like that um the only way i feel motivated to do a project like that is if um they're telling you to chain that amount of um stitches and then the next row is most likely the next row will always be a single crochet or a double crochet bless the heart of the person who founded a um, foundation double crochet and a foundation single crochet if i see those patterns and you're telling me chain 326 and i look at the row one and row one says double crochet across the row across the round ah i'm going to do a foundation double crochet or if it says single crochet to the last stitch i'm going to do a foundation single crochet um i would rather be counting knowing that i have my foundation chain and my first row all done together then finishing and uh, then chaining that long amount of stitches with the possibility that it might get twisted then still try to um fit um my double crochet or my single crochet my round one my row one into those long chains i mean it, it, it gets tiring it gets tiring but um the beginning of your crochet project is mostly the part that you should pay close attention but pay close attention to everything in your crochet project from start to finish but having a strong foundation or having a foundation that you know you can rely on something like that is very important so i i seriously can't be the only person who gets freaked out by chaining a very long amount of crochet chains or something like that so I mean, I just go for foundation, double crochet, or single crochet, as the case may be. The next question. 
question six do you have a dream crochet project <laughs> i have dream co crochet projects not even because uh, you should see my stash of things that i've kept that i'm going to crochet in this my life um i've put it that i'm definitely going to crochet a checkered crochet gown um I wasn't thinking of doing a very long evening floral crochet gown. You know, I'm thinking of doing a two-piece. A lot of things that I dream of doing that I'm definitely going to do. So, yes, I do have a dream crochet project. Mm. Next question. How many WIPs do you have at a time? Okay, so this question is... Uh, this question makes me feel like an organized crocheter because I do not have... I'm only working on one project at a time. And um, it's a different thing when I know that I have done my last slip stitch and I'm done with this project and I keep it down. And later I come back at it and I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, this would be really nice if I do a ruffle. Or this would be really nice if I have an edging on that. That's quite different. I mean, it's not me starting with another project and thinking that okay i have to go back to this one or that one is still a work in progress okay so the black are works in progress so i i have i'm only working on one project at a time and until i finish it i'm not trying to reach into another one of course once i finish a project i know that i finished it and I can then move on to another one. I might not move on to another one immediately, but I'm hardly ever doing one project and doing another one. Or I'm just, and this does not include me doing um small projects or taking a detour. Like now, um, I'm, I might be working on a skirt, a crochet skirt, and I decide that for today, for some hours. I did not really want to work on the skirts. Um, maybe I should just do a rose or a flower. Now, that rose or flower is not for the skirts. But out of just being spontaneous, I just do that. I do not count that as... I do not count me doing a rose or a granny square or whatever as a work in progress. And the other one is left hanging. I just like... It's a very spontaneous thing to do. I think that's it. I just do it. Okay, question eight. Mm. would you rather crochet inside or in public so i mean when i'm crocheting i need to be in a very calm and serene environment somewhat i do not want to be disturbed by those that does not mean i cannot crochet outside but i would rather be crocheting inside because i mean i don't want anybody to interrupt my counting it's I, I need to fall in the rhythm of what i'm doing so when there's noise when there's people coming to interrupt and be like hey what are you crocheting hey what are you doing hey what are you making i just zone out next question lessons you've learned from crochet lessons i have learned from crochet okay and crochet has taught me patience and consistency of course um my the projects that i started doing when i got back into crochet as a beginner crocheter are not the same with the crochets that with the projects that i make now and you have to learn to be um committed to your growth committed is the word because 
if you if you're done with already crochet gives you this kind of serotonin boost makes you feel it's a happy hobby let me say that it's a happy hobby once you start doing it um you want to and you're done till the end even if you suffer even if you labored for that project once you're done you just feel this happiness and you know that you want to do this again so you need enough patience because sometimes you do projects and they will not end up how you want them to be or sometimes you have to do a, a repeat of just have double crochets throughout for like 10 to 15 rows 20 or even more than that and you're like when does this stop it's so it's so monotonous sometimes okay and if you're not patient enough you're going to drop it because well this thing is not exciting again i'm not doing i'm not seeing any pattern intricacies and all of that crochet has taught me patience and consistency and also it has taught me that anything i want to do as long as it's with my, it's, it is with my hands, I can make something beautiful. Like, my hands can make something beautiful. And it boosts my self-esteem. So, when I look at what I've done, I'm like, yes. It was me who made that, you know. <laughs> um, okay. So, we are going to the 11th question. The 11th question, how do you feel when you see your fellow crocheter how do i feel when i see my fellow crocheter i feel elated i mean there's this um happiness you feel when you see someone who is doing something that you're doing and you just keep bickering about with that person and you're just so happy and all of that that is how i feel when i see my fellow crocheter because i'm immediately oh did you crochet that or when i see a crochet piece i see someone wearing a crochet piece i'm just like i feel like you are my kindred i feel this kin spirit where i have to go and ask you oh did you do this oh it's so beautiful oh you crochet that oh i've made um friends with people or i have somehow deepened my relationship with people when i found out that they also are they also crochet us um like i said i would love to uh talk with fellow crochet on the podcast i did say on the last episode that i'm looking forward to talk with fellow crocheters that would love to be on the podcast so we could just come and have crochet conversations you know so i feel elated and i'll be elated to have you as guests on my show too so you can on the podcast too so you can send me um an email at books and scans podcast at gmail.com or preferably send a dm on instagram I'll be I'll respond and we can fix up something. Um you could also comment on the podcast, comment on the podcast episode on this episode while I'm scrolling through the episodes. I'll reach out to you and then we could plan something also because I would love to talk with you. Um the almost going to the end. The twelfth question Are you a process driven or result driven crochetter? So this question is coined from um, a book, Hooked for Life, by uh, Hooked for Life, um, Adventures of a Crochet Zilliot by Mary Beth Temple. So let me explain what process driven and result driven means. So process driven, a crocheter is crocheter that likes to trust the process. I, I started crocheting, okay. Whatever comes out of my creative process, I'm gonna take it that way. 
I resolved to remember Koshada is I know what I'm going for. I know this is what this is how it's going to look, and I'm going to follow it until it looks that way. Am I any of the two? I'm both. I think I'm both because sometimes there's some projects that you look and you just know that they're not they're going to they're, they're going to end a certain kind of way um if you are doing let me use a granny square for example now if you're doing a granny square you know how a granny square should end up looking like and so from start to finish it doesn't matter um how many um petals you want to use or anything but you just know that at the end of the day you're going to produce a granny square and you know how you want it to look so that's me being result driven at the times when i'm doing particular projects that are going to end up a particular way but if i'm doing something like a um somewhat long project there are some times where the project specifies for you to use a double crochet and i'm like well a double crochet might not look how i want it to look so I'm going to use a single crochet instead, or I'm going to use a half double, or maybe the pattern requires that you do um, a repeat of half double crochet throughout till the end. And I'm like, well, this pattern would look very nice. And midway of doing the pattern, I'm like, this pattern would look very nice if I put a bubble stitch. And then I just start with one bubble stitch, and I'm like, before you know, I'm calculating the bubble stitch round, and I'm continuing like that. Or um, this person will look very nice if I do a picot, a picot stitch, or if I do a V stitch. That is me in that time trusting the process. As, as <laughs> how I put it, on most of my crochet projects, I'm going on vibes. So I'm just crocheting and I'm thinking, oh, this one would be really nice if I do it. The thing now with being a process driven crocheter is that it's not what you originally planned to do. And it's not originally how the pattern should be so you would have hitches on the way you have to calculate and all of that well i do enjoy that process too so i'm both a process driven and a result driven crochet what are the last question what are the tips that you can share with intending crocheters hmm crocheting in itself is addictive and it's not it's not difficult really it's not a difficult craft or art to learn it's something that you can learn by yourself um a majority of what i know about crochet are things that i learned from books from youtube channels and well the basic knowledge i have was obviously learned from somebody um whichever way it's not something that is difficult to do crocheting is crocheting is a very addictive craft you're going to enjoy it and you have to be patient you have to be committed to learning because i mean everybody is evolving techniques are evolving every day the same techniques that i knew when i was a beginner are not the same kind of techniques that exist different people might have um a way to join two pieces together it doesn't mean that you cannot join it in a different way i mean there are some people who join um their front and back panels for example 
with a smaller crochet hook there are some people who use darning needles there are some people and even with darning needles there are some people who um sew them together a particular kind of way and there are some who i mean there are plenty techniques in crochet and you can be your authentic self you can be as creative as possible so i mean it's a welcoming community too i mean every it's a welcoming community too it's something that you're going to enjoy it's a happy hobby like i've said before and you're going to love it so it's a wrap thank you very much for being with me on this episode remember to subscribe and follow books and skins podcast on every available listening platforms i hope you enjoyed this episode and i'll be doing a i think next the next episode i'll be doing a get to know me book lover edition so stay tuned see you in the next episode bye